It's supper time with meat and potatoes. Welcome to a fluid, spiritually inclined, and Islamically orientated podcast where we get into the meat and potatoes of matters facing the everyday Muslim. In this space, we do not waste any time on the appetizers, but go straight to the hardest morsels on the plate, pulling out major lessons and themes for you to take home in a goodie bag. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu wa rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa nwala. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to the dinner table for another episode of Meat and Potatoes, the final episode for season one. And for our season one finale, we decided to kind of just um, uh, move things around a little bit and make this convert- make this episode more of a fun episode, an engaging episode, where we just, the four of us, have a conversation with each other about our very first Ramadan. Last episode, we did a Ramadan prep, spoke about, um, gave some of our little gems here at the dinner table about um, some first... Uh, some for, for those who are having their first Ramadan, just some tips and tricks on how to get through your first Ramadan, really just um, get the best uh, that you can out of your first Ramadan. So this episode, to kind of wrap it up, we're just going to go ahead and share with everyone our first Ramadan experiences, some of the fun times, uh, difficult times, and everything in, in between, inshallah ta'ala. Um, the, our format's going to be a little bit different. We're just going to really just have a a fun conversation with the four of us. Um, and inshallah ta'ala, we hope that those who are listening are able to both um, have fun, have a laugh, and really um, benefit from the conversation that we're inshallah ta'ala going to have. All right, with uh, with those out of the way, I think uh, the four of us, uh, myself, uh, Brother Daniel, Brother Rashid, and Brother Abdul Rashid, the Rashid brothers, as I <laughs> lovingly refer, refer to them, where I can just go ahead and jump right into the uh, delicious meal that we have set up for today. So who wants to start us off? Um, they're some of their first uh, most memorable Ramadan experiences. Who wants to take take the bullet? Uh, listen, I'll, I'll go first. Um, so um, I converted the uh, early 90s, mid 90s, just before I got married. Um, so anyway, uh, I joined this, I uh, was going to this small mosque, it was happening which was a former temple for the nation of Islam. Nevertheless, anyway, and so Ramadan was like February, uh, January, February. It was my first Ramadan. And I, you know, looking back now, I know I did it all wrong. But anyway, um, but I went to the uh, the mass, the, the mosque the first uh, night, around the first night. And um, I had fasted the whole day. And, uh, and then we did the mock repair. And then we went to have food. Uh, they, they had food, and uh, of course I was starving. I had, any, had anything to eat all day. I was irritable. I was tired. And I just I was just hungry. And um, and uh, so I was looking forward to the meal with the brothers. I didn't know what it was called back then. I just was just I just assumed it was the the, the meal to break the fast. <clears throat> and I remember the brothers uh, brought out some fruit. They brought out some dates, and I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, wait a minute. This is all we're gonna have tonight. <laughs> This not gonna make it. I'm gonna have to run to McDonald's. Well, hunger <laughs> and uh, alhamdulillah, I started, yeah, I was starving. And then, um, and then afterwards, the brothers were like, "Oh no, you know, we're gonna have a, you're gonna, you're gonna stay around and have some, some, some food with us, some dinner." And I was like, "Oh, okay, it's gonna be dinner, great." Um, but I was expecting like you know a meal meal, but um, you know these brothers have been at this for a while, and uh, they were of uh, the the ilk that you should have a, a a modest meal, no. 
You shouldn't have like four courses and salad and dessert. So they just brought out some pasta right, right, right. and I think some bread. And I'm like, whoa, that's it? But that was a, that was enough for me that night because I was starving. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so I just thought it was, you know, it was, it was, for me it was, it was stressful. And needless to say, the next night, you know, I ate dinner at home with my mom. Um, I just ate late um, or actually early um, because I was like, this is just not, that's just not going to be enough. I mean, I'm, I'm not eating all day. I'm working. And then you guys are, you know, rolling out this little, some fruit, some dates, and you know, some pasta. I said, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. That's kind of interesting, though, Brother Abdul Rashid. You mentioned how, like, the, your, the, the mosque that you were um, experiencing, kind of your first uh, iftar, uh, breaking of the fast at, um, served a modest meal. Uh, for me, it was quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, the mosque that I went to, um, well, it was a buffet style where I went to, right? So it wasn't like, you know, they gave you a big plate, but you can choose how much food that you wanted. And subhanAllah, mm. I just remember seeing brothers who would get, who would just stack their plate, right? Like this, this high, like no, no, no joke. <laughs> and I'm just like thinking like, how are you guys able to eat so much food? It's, it's ridiculous. Because here's the thing, you know, <clears throat> when you fast the entire day, your stomach, you know, is, is small, right? So you're in, in in many ways your eyes are almost quite almost literally bigger than your stomach because um, <laughs> I come to find out that as hungry as you feel you can't eat nearly as as much as um, as you think that you can and you come and find out that a lot of food ends up getting getting wasted but some brothers um, and maybe even some sisters I don't know but I just talk about from the brother's side um, some brothers um, are able to eat all that food after fasting the whole day and it's funny because you hear stories of people who actually end up gaining weight yeah. after Ramadan, which is crazy, yeah. right? You think yeah, like, you yeah. know, since you're fasting all day, every day for the, like a month, you'd be losing weight. But it's just because some people, they they go nuts with, with, with the food, man. Um, and one last quick disclaimer for those who are watching um, – who are watching the video version, this is not beer. This is a malt drink. So <laughs> I don't want, don't be thinking like, oh my God, brother Daniel, brother Kenneth are drinking, are drinking on an Islamic talk show. Astaghfirullah. No, this is halal. <laughs> this is halal. So everyone, everyone calm down. But um, <laughs> I find that, uh, that interesting. But one quick story I want to share. Um, and this is actually before Ramadan. And I mentioned last episode how, um, my before Ramadan actually started, I was trying to kind of practice fasting, right? So that way I was kind of prepared. Um, for some reason, someone told me, or I looked up something and it was wrong, that we're supposed to fast from the dawn all the way to night instead of sunset. And so I was thinking I had to fast from after Fajr to Isha, not to Maghrib. And so I was. Um, I was at the mosque. It was like after it was about to be Isha time. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. Cause you know, I was fasting like for like 12, 12 hours at, at, at that point, you know, my first month was not in the winter, brother. It was in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a little bit, a few, few, few hours longer. Right. And, um, when I went inside, I was telling a brother, man, I'm so hungry. I've been fasting all day. And and the brother asked me, you didn't break your fast yet? And I told him, well, no, I'm supposed to break my fast after Isha, right? And he gave me this look as if, like, you know, I said the dumbest thing he's ever heard in his entire life. And he's just like, he's like, brother, what you're doing is not fasting. <laughs> he's like, it's supposed to be after Maghrib. What you're doing isn't fasting. You're just starving yourself, man. And I was just like, 
subhanAllah, are you serious? And I just like ran into my car and just pulled out like, you know, this, you know, uh, crappy little um, chocolate pie that I bought at the convenience store and just started chugging down on it. And I was like, <laughs> man, I can't believe I've been starving myself all this time. So hmm. moral of the story, you know, always verify information that you're you're given when it comes to not just the dean, but with anything. Yeah. Right. Ask questions. Yeah, ask questions too. Yeah. <laughs> I know my first my first Ramadan uh that I shared just with the brothers a little while ago, but uh no, we broke the fast and I'll get back to the food piece of it all. But you know, I went to the masjid, alhamdulillah, um, I had a beautiful Maghrib prayer, and then the Isha prayer, and then I still see brothers hanging around after Isha, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm not sure what's happening here. So I said, I know the Imam gets up. Right. And he starts to lead the prayer. And I'm like, OK, it's an extra prayer. I'm, I'm going to hang out with you guys. So we hit Ayat or Rakat number two and number five, <laughs> number nine and number 11. And I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah, is my feet, yeah, yeah, my oh, feet wow. are swelling up now. You know what is happening here? So finally, we hit rock hot number 22. And I didn't say anything. You know, I didn't want to embarrass myself. And I didn't want to seem not into it. Right. But yeah, it was a title of prayer. And, you know, and we hit 22 rock hot. I believe it was 22 rock hot or whatever the match you did at the time, whatever the number. Um, but I, I had no idea. No one had didn't tell me anything. I had no clue. Uh, and, and so literally praying until your feet are swollen. I mean, so Allah, I just did not have a, an idea. But then later on, it became, you know, to realize what it was all about and the blessings in, in, in praying at night. But SubhanAllah, that was that was my first that was my first Ramadan. Uh, mm -hmm. I had a very um, a very similar experience. But Brother Daniel, uh, you're about to say something. So go mm -hmm. ahead. And, uh, just a little bit on on, on my <laughs> mashallah this uh this buffet mashallah is is fantastic alhamdulillah uh for uh, my first ramadan it was a great experience to finally get to see all of the uh, community together um and I, I think one of the great things but also some somewhat one of the one of the sad things is that uh you'll wind up seeing uh some of the most uh, blessed or sometimes uh the people that you won't see throughout the throughout the week um be the masjid um during the total uh prayers or uh during the time of breaking uh, breaking their fast so um there are certain especially during the night of uh Leil Qadr, you know the uh the, uh as we usually try to see them on the on the 27th or the odd nights uh during the last 10 nights um of Ramadan, you'll end up seeing uh, certain in particular uh, people uh, more often, or you'll see the the masjid packed. And alhamdulillah, you know, for for me, it's you see that, and you're like, you know, kind of wish this would happen every night, or every isha, or every fajr, or mm -hmm. uh, every every sort of prayer. But uh, generally, for for me, um, <laughs> the uh, uh, my first Ramadan was my first experience of. Uh, of milk tea um so whenever i have uh whenever i have milk tea it's always uh, it gives me that flashback of uh, my first ramadan and i have this um hmm. this photo of my first um etikaf too which uh um for any new muslims who may not uh, uh, be aware one of the the practice of the of the prophet Sallam, is that he used to seclude himself inside of the mosque uh you know in 
in prayer and, and worship and uh, and recite, uh, recitation. Um, and that was something that I was invited or encouraged to to do. And that was probably one of the most spiritually um, um, revitalizing mm -hmm. sort of moment for me. Does anybody else have a uh, experience of uh, spending nights at the uh, nights or days at the mosque for extended periods of time? So I think um, my first Ramadan, I only stayed there one night. I, I didn't do the, the, the 10 nights. I just uh, stayed there overnight the one. But it was definitely a very um, uh, spiritually revitalizing experience for, for sure, right? And I just remember um, there was just a couple of people there. The masjid that I went to was one of those masjids uh, that are basically empty outside of Juma and Ramadan. In Ramadan, like you were saying, Brother Daniel, subhanAllah, there's like a lot of people there. But there were a couple of brothers who were staying um, during the Atikaf. Um, and um, our, at that point, I didn't really have much Quran memorized. So there was a brother who was praying. I think he was reciting Surah Al-Rahman, if I remember correctly, the chapter of the, the Most Merciful. Um, so I went to go pray beside him. And... Um, and I was just listening to him, and he started to, you know, subhanAllah, you know, he started to shed tears and crying. I was getting really emotional into his his worship, and it was just like, for me, I just kind of thought to myself for a second, like, subhanAllah, am I ever going to get to the level where, you know, I can cry during uh, during during the prayer? You know, and this is, of course, something that is a very excellent side of one's iman, one's faith, that they're able to um cry during prayer to have that connection and that and that emotion um to this day um i've gotten pretty close to to crying my i've gotten teary-eyed i haven't went into full-blown you know you know bawling mode yet um but you know i have had experiences where i would get you know teary-eyed and really emotional really just kind of into the the prayer but it was just kind of an, a big opener for me of just like how um, serene that experience is like you're it's in the black of night you know it's quiet all the lights are off and you're just kind of sitting there praying or standing there praying in front of your lord and that is an experience that really is it's hard to come by it's really hard to to replicate i've been blessed enough by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just to do quite a few intercafs and there's nothing like it i mean um we often take time off to go on vacation to Cancun and go to all these other places. Um, but just to take that the last 10 days of Ramadan off and where you're living on the premises, basically with Itikaf or at least in my local masjid, you're lack, you're literally staying in the masjid for those 10 days. You're not leaving the property. Uh, but to wake up every single day and and do all five in the masjid and then do the Tarawih prayer, um, you're seeing faces coming in and coming out. Um, and then you get to a point where you're like, wow, Where's my food going to come from? Where is this going to come from? Where is that going to come from? And subhanAllah, Allah will bless you with those things. You know, when people, when families find out that you're staying in the masjid, subhanAllah, they will bring food. They will make sure that those things happen. And alhamdulillah, the, the very first, the masjid that I, when I did my first Ramadan, the, there was a, a reason, there was about six brothers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that was their thing, was it to calf. 
So the next year, the following year, was my first year of doing it to calf. And I would highly encourage everybody to do it if they can, um, even if they have to do a working it to calf, even if you have to sleep in the mashet at night and go to work during the day, you know, whatever you can do, whatever you can do. But if you can spend those last 10 days, subhanAllah, there, there's outside of Umar or Hajj, there, there's not a better feeling for me personally. Uh, there's not a better feeling than that. And Brother Rashid, you mentioned in regards of about vacation, and that's actually one of the things that I used to always uh, kind of look forward to. Because for for me, uh, um, you know, I'm not huge on uh, huge on making trips unless uh, like there's there's benefit in making trips. But the uh, days of, of Etikaf uh, were the days that I would always take off from work. Mm. Uh, like so, I have vacation. I'm not necessarily. Uh, I need to find a way to find. A, um, days in which to use them. So use those two weeks for what the last 10 days or the last yeah. 10 nights of Ramadan. Yeah. And then the, uh, the, the three days after, uh, uh, of Eid. Alhamdulillah. It works out for two weeks. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Mm, absolutely. I'm yeah. curious about people's food though. I mean, cause I, well, I'm diabetic <laughs> now, so we, we know that story, but finding that suhoor, that morning meal and that iftar meal, how long did it take you to find your stride in terms of what works for you? So that's mm. a good question. I was actually just about to bring up food. Um, uh, and for for me, I hate to say this, but what my stride was actually eating eating at home, not eating at the masjid. Because and here's here's why. Um, you know, I, I kind of again mentioned mentioned the masjid that I would normally go to. Um, the masjid that I would normally go to always served, you know, daisy food, biryani, um, stuff stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, I love biryani. You know, it's, it's, it's some good food. I love, I love Daisy food as well, but it's just like, I remember like being served every single day. Um, it just gets tiring. And I remember <clears throat> this wasn't my first year, but I think it was like around my second or third year Ramadan. And I was working for Helping Hand, which is an international relief organization. And Ramadan for many nonprofits is basically money time. That's, that's the time to do the fundraising and raise uh, the majority of, of revenue for many nonprofits. So Ramadan, when I was working for Helping Hand, it was a very, very busy time for me. And <clears throat> I think we were doing a food drive, and I actually, actually was with Sheikh Jassi, and we were supposed to go to a masjid um, for Isha and Tarawih and just kind of do a small um, little um, uh, fundraising session um, in between the, the Tarawih prayers. And... We were deciding on where to go for iftar. And he said to me, do you want to go like, you know, to a Daisy restaurant, get some biryani? And I just kind of was like, I am so sick and tired of eating biryani every day. That's the last place I want to go to. And I was just like flipping out because at that point, I think we were like three weeks in. And like, it was like every single day I was having biryani. And it's just like. At some point, I'm just like, I can't, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> so I was just like, I was just like, I'm, I'm done. I am done with Mariani for the year, if not the month. That's what I, what I told him. But I, I, but the reason why I prefer <clears throat> Suhoor and Iftar at home is because it allows me to kind of make sure I'm eating healthier foods, right? Because I'm going to be honest with you guys. Most percentage you go to, and of course, it makes sense. It's about, you know, saving 
so you, they have a lot of people to serve, right? So it's not like they can afford, you know, just to serve the healthiest of foods. But most essentially that you go to, you're not gonna, you're not going to be eating, you know, the the healthy healthy foods. You're going to be eating like you know those oily fried, you know, cheaper foods, correct? And so for me, in order to make sure that I don't fall into the trap of gaining weight instead of losing weight in, in, in month of Ramadan, I normally try to eat at home first and then go to the masjid afterwards. So that's how that's kind of the story that kind of worked 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 for me. Yeah, it's uh, funny you mention that. Um, I know my like I said, my first one that was a uh, modest meals, and then when I moved and I went to I was going to the the Islamic Center of uh, New York in Manhattan. It was more uh, immigrant food, and uh, and at that time I was extremely more, much more picky than I am now. So I would basically be like, mm, I'll just have some rice. I don't want any other stuff. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to pronounce it. And then of course now, fast forward now, I go to a to a master that's you know predominantly African American, and uh, and they go in. You know, they the soul food, especially when the sisters make it. And then if the sisters aren't cooking. Then they're, they'll order out from some halal place or whatever. You guys um, have bean pie? Is there we, bean you pie know, last year, we, we didn't, no, we didn't have any bean pie. We had red velvet cake almost every night. Mashallah. It's good, man, but that's not, on, that's not bean pie level. I know, same, I know. It's in that same vein, though. It's, it's, yeah, uh, right, right. It's so, African-American um, food. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, it, it's so it's so different, right? You know, like, I like Barani, too. I mean, I when I, you know, I started eating it or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think you're probably onto something, Kenneth. Um, so just based on the last couple of years, I believe this year I'm probably going to spend more nights eating at home and then going to the master because um, and, and even though I love being with their brothers and love eating with them and having fun, but it's just usually it's too much food. Um, there's too much stuff that, you know, that makes you sluggish. Then you got to stay an extra half hour for the prayer. And I'm like, how am I going to get through this? And uh, so I'm thinking I'm just going to go safe versus sorry and just uh, eat more of my own food at home and then spend more time with the mosque doing the prayer and stuff because uh, it just, it just, it's just hard sometimes. Right, right. And quick yeah, disclaimer. It took me, it, it took me a, a minute. I mean, because my, my dad is Muslim and my brother was Muslim. And, you know, it took me back when I was fasting. It, it took me a couple of years to get it. But I found that if I had protein like eggs and beans and water in the morning, that that protein right there would just sort of sustain me all day. But it, it took some years to figure to figure that out. And so that, that's why I wonder sometimes when, when someone's new to Islam, you know, so you sometimes have to find your stride, whether it's a protein shake or whatever it is in the morning that's going to actually su sustain you. And I know last year um, uh, there was a doctor who did one of the holocaust here in, in Sacramento virtually. And he his his thing was for so when, uh, for breaking the fast is if that if he's at the masjid that he would make half his plate the salad and then a little bit of rice and a little bit of meat so he found his way to be at the masjid for iftar but yet make it healthy for him mm. so in, in other words that didn't keep him away from the masjid he just had to find his selections that were good for for him. Now, easier not easier said than done, but uh, but you right. know he he did find he did find a way because I mean it, it is important to be with the community, but then again, Ramadan is not about being amongst two hundred people eating gour gourmet catered food every night. You know I don't right, know that, right, if, right. that if it's about that, but you know there, there's a way to find your space. Well, brother, 
Rashid for uh, if uh, I, I've learned too that so that's I think that's a great plan about trying to make it a trying to make it half salad so that or like certain before before the rice and the meat and whatnot. But for certain mosques, if you if you do your um, uh, Sunnah prayers immediately after the uh, um, immediately after the uh, uh, the Ford prayers uh, for for Maghrib, uh, you're going to be in the back of the line, and oh, that's all that's going to be left anyway. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, well, depending on where you go, right? Yeah, depending, depending on where you mash go. right? Not all mashes is like that. So, I want to I want to throw out a quick disclaimer for those who are new Muslims that are tuning in, because you mentioned us making bringing up the Tarawih prayer and, and stuff like that. The Tarawih prayer um, is a voluntary night prayer that can be prayed um, after Aisha during the month of Ramadan. Um, while it's good to pray it, um, to, to pray it, you don't have to. It's voluntary, right? And um, praying at the masjid um, is, um, is good. But again, if that's something that is difficult for you, because depending on which masjid you go to, the Tarawih prayer can be very long. And if it's difficult for you to save the whole time, you can just stay for a couple a couple of raka if, if you want. That's what I normally do. I normally will stay maybe two to four because I, I have a difficult yeah. time doing the doing the 20. Like, you know, I have work in the, in the morning. I can't stay until 11, 12 o'clock at, o'clock at night. So don't feel like you it's something you have to do. It's something that's good to do if you can. But if um, if it's difficult for you, you know, um, just praying Ashant the Majid is, 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 will, 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 will suffice, inshallah ta'ala. I think, Brother Kenneth, my own examples is that I put so much emphasis on showing up for those prayers of Tarawih um, before, uh, for the first 20 days, uh, for the 10 days that weren't a part of Etikaf. That was just because of proximity anyway. Um, that I did make it a difficulty for, for myself, that it wound up really draining uh, myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seemed that my schedule revolved then around uh, the Tarawih uh, prayers at night and the rest of the day was, you know, work and then sleep. Um, so, mm-hmm. of course, uh, you know, find find a balance, find what works for you, find what works for your, for your family, as long as we're, you know, doing what we have to do. Um, but, you know, don't make it a hardship for, for any of us. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Prophet Sallallahu you know, it, it, he he intentionally skipped nights or uh, skipped at least one night to make sure that we didn't make it a hardship for ourselves to do these sorts of prayers. Otherwise, you know, people would think that it's required for them to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I'm going to say something a little controversial, guys. Um, oh, so get ready. Um, I actually personally, I get more out of praying the voluntary. Uh, um, Tarawih prayer or Qiyam prayer at home than at the masjid. I know that's controversial, but for me, um, I feel like I get a better connection um, with the salah, with the prayer, if I am, when I'm at home and I'm able to kind of, you know, control which surah surahs I'm reciting and um, how, when I go down and stuff, when I have more control, it kind of feels like, for me, it just feels like it's more one-on-one when I pray, pray, pray it at home. And while it is a minority opinion, there are some scholars that um, do say that praying the Qiyam prayer um, alone is also um, just as good as praying with the, uh, praying Tarawih at the masjid. But again, that is a minority opinion, but it is isn't a, 
pain in the butt. So for me, I actually feel like I get more um, from the Kayan, the late night prayer at home than at, at the masjid. Again, again, that's just me, me personally. You know, yeah. and I don't even I don't even know. The, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go, no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay, um, cool. I, I don't I don't even know that. Yeah, I don't even know that it's a controversial point, but I think it's about finding that mix, right? Because for me, um, if I do one or two a week, I'm good. You know, the mm -hmm. rest of them I can pray at home or not pray them at all because my morning ibad for me, uh, my morning ibad is is uh, is extremely important. So I don't want to stay up so late or out so often to where I can't get down with the Quran after Fajr. You know, that that's just right, a thing, right, right. a thing for me. So I think it's about finding that that finding the balance. Uh, is that your experience, Abdul Rashid? I don't know how how do you um, Yeah, um, that's funny because um, I know. Uh, like you can't, I probably feel more connected to the what I'm reciting at night when I'm alone versus mm -hmm. when I'm at the masjid. So I struggle with the language, the Arabic language, and reading the Quran in Arabic, which I'm trying mm -hmm. to rectify now. So at least when I'm at home, so when I'm at the masjid, and there sometimes I, you know, I try to find out what what what, what Jews are up to, and see if I can um, at least uh, know. Rem remember my mind what that juice is about so I know what they're saying because and then of course you know mm. depending on how many rockets they, they do you get lost <laughs> I get lost because I don't I, like I said I don't know the language or I haven't mastered the language yet so um so yeah so I but I benefit I think I emotionally by being with the brothers and being at the masses but spiritually it's probably better to be at home so I can recite what I know and make that connection with the with the gospel and with the right, right. And of course, to each to each his own. And the only reason I mentioned it's controversial is because you'll find people, and this potentially may not be good. You'll find people that put more emphasis on the tarawih prayer, the measure, than even the farad prayer, the obligatory prayers. Mm. Even though we know that praying the obligatory prayers of the measure, there's a higher reward than praying voluntary prayers. There, you know. Right. Yeah, I think we've got to look too at the blessings, the number of blessings that you receive when praying in congregation. Mm -hmm. um, so there's something to be said for for that too. But uh, but I agree with you. There is a there is a level of connection that happens when you're at home. Um, but there's also that equal level of connection, or can be, uh, when you're at the at the masjid. Even though I may not fully understand everything he's saying, but I don't know. It's just something about being amongst. 500 other people, you know what I mean? And when they say, <laughs> I mean, and you feel that in your chest, there, there's there's something there's something about that that, for me personally, it, it touches me. Oh, man, so, especially um, if you get to go to Umrah or Hajj one of these days, you know, going so, to um, praying in the Haram with all those people. SubhanAllah. May Allah, may Allah make us all get, get that invitation. I mean. And, I mean. Um, so you were saying early, early about being in the in the master during the, the, the prayer and, and uh, having that emotional connection with a where their brother was crying and uh, so last year at uh, I was at the mass with Imam LeBron at at a master in Queens anyway nevertheless so the brother was leading the the, the tarawih prayer and he was bawling he couldn't I, I don't know how he got through it and like you I thought that was one I thought that was beautiful that his he felt so emotionally connected. Mm. He was just um, he was just in the zone, you know, emotionally and spiritually. And like you, Ken, I don't think I've ever bawled uh, uh, by reciting or hearing uh, a recitation of the Quran. I felt an emotional, whatever, um, maybe a little tear, like you said. But um, but this this brother was out there. I just thought it was so so beautiful that he was bawling. <laughs> and um, but 
Um, so I, I told you guys before, we read the Quran every day with a group of brothers, and we were on our eighth reading of it. And at the end of each reading, I get that emotional feeling. I actually shed a tear. I mean, the first time I actually was actually crying. And I, I was like, why am I crying? And I was like, and then I heard another brother on the Zoom call, and he was crying too. And I was like, subhanAllah. Like, this is just this is the most beautiful thing. And we're reading it in English now. But we read, you know, like I said, we read the first time. We just, I just felt so connected to them. I felt so connected to, to, to Allah's word. And I was just crying. I was like, this is just, and of course, in the back of my head, I'm like, well, you're a grown man. Why are you crying? Hmm. Um, but, you know, I was like, this is, this is just beautiful. So there's different ways we can we, we make emotional connections to Allah's word. And mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to come from reciting it. It can come from listening to it or doing something else. Uh, one of your one of your other forms of, of of worship that you you really are in the zone about. And Ramadan, <coughs> excuse me, Ramadan is you know one of those times that we all feel much closer to to Allah Subhanahu Wa And of course, you know we understand that also. Even if you don't bawl or even cry, um, if you're reading the Quran or what have you, that doesn't that doesn't mean that you're a bad Muslim or anything of that nature, right? It doesn't even mean that your iman is low. All of us, you know, register our emotions differently, right? Yes, sir. So even if you don't cry, but you still feel that that emotion, that connection, that's still a great sign, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But all right, we are now um, reaching towards the end of our uh, season one finale. Did uh, you brothers want to give some last initial? thoughts or stories before we, we wrap up? Daniel? Uh, uh, yeah, Daniel, go for it. No, Brother Rashid, uh, it seems like oh. you got something. Uh, something <laughs> <to talk. laughs> so, my brain. Uh, well, no, I, I would, I would just back to the sisters. I think, I think it's really important. Uh, I know my first, my first Ramadan, I was married at that time. And I, I think it's really important that we allow sisters to have that time and, and allow them to have that space and don't put so much on them to where they're totally uh, removed away from Ramadan. And let's try to spend time with them and, and try to read with them and try to pray with them and just have a good time with them. Because at the end of the day, Ramadan is supposed to be a individual thing, but also a family thing. Uh, and we're supposed mm-hmm. to spend time with our wives and our children. Um, so uh, th- that would be just my advice uh, if you're new to, especially if you're new to Islam, don't feel that you just need to shut out the world and shut out everybody around you and then try to your best to enjoy Ramadan with your family because um, the, the prophet was the, the best of men and he was the best to his family. Um, and he definitely stepped up his time with his family during the month of Ramadan, although he did enjoy it to calf, the, the, the spending time isolated in the masjid and his family understood that and gave him space to do that. Um, but family time is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Brother Abdul Rashid, any, any last initial thoughts? Oh, uh, well, um, Whatever you do, take your time, right? We all, you know, we've all had stories. Seems like the bad stories may lead up to big stories, or good stories. And so now we're, we're, we're in, like other uh, Rashid said, we found that we found our stride. We've been Muslims a little while, so we know the ends, quote unquote, the ends and outs, right? So yeah, uh, you know, find your stride, find your, find your moderate level, and don't do too much, but don't do too little, right? Um, uh, you know, we're Muslims. We're supposed to find the moderate, the moderate way. So, so I think we should all think that way. And uh, what Brother Rashida said about the sisters is, is beautiful. I was just thinking this now. In the last few Ramadans, the only sisters I've seen, they came and brought the food in, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and, and that's not good, right? And um, and then I'm thinking about my kids too. I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta be more inviting, right? Uh, since I'm the only Muslim in my family, I, I just, I need to do better uh, doing Dawah at home and invite my 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 wife and my kids out more often. And, uh, you know, so may Allah make it easy for me and us all. I'm going to try to do that this year. So I mean, part of my I focus mean. for, for this, this Ramadan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very beautiful. So, Mr. D, Brother Daniel, you want to share with us one more uh, big, beautiful gem? Alhamdulillah. I think one of the things that allowed me to be successful, especially on my first Ramadan, is was the practicing of fasting on um, Mondays and Thursdays before uh, the you know 29 30 day fast uh, during the month of Ramadan so uh, I, I didn't know how how beneficial that was going to be until the actual month of, of Ramadan um, and you get over that three day uh, I call it you know three day hump and then you everything else becomes more or less uh, more or less easy um, but I think generally that you know, uh, prepare yourself, uh, make the best out of it. Don't uh, overexert yourself as best as uh, as best as you can. Don't think that you know. Even if you're uh, young, and I think, uh, well, you you and I, brother brother Kenneth, we're the we're the '90s kids. Uh, I might That's... be an '80s baby, but '90s kids nonetheless. December you know, still... 1989, <laughs> man. You can barely consider yourself an '80s baby. Still counts. Still counts. Anywho, <laughs> not like it, not like it matters. Alhamdulillah. Uh, but you know, we uh, uh, even if we are still young, um, and even if we're fresh into uh, fresh into Islam um, and getting used to um, you know these lifestyle changes and whatnot, you know we're still we're still human. But the last one, that makes it easy for all of us. I mean, I mean. Uh, so my last parting words before we end this episode and our very first, and hopefully, inshallah, of many seasons of MNP. Um, I just kind of want to just reiterate what Abdul Rashid said, which I really, really uh, appreciated, which is, you know, you know, do what, find your stride, you know, do what works for you to get the best, the most out of Ramadan, right? Don't compare yourself to others. Don't think, well, I'm not going to the message every day like so-and-so, so I'm not on their level. You know, we are all different people. We have our own strengths and weaknesses. Find, you know, what works for you to where, like Brother Abdul Rashid so eloquently said, where you feel like you're making progress, but also not doing too much where to where you're going to burn your burn yourself out because Ramadan burnout is a real thing, uh, brothers and and sisters. So again, finding your stride, finding you know what works for you, and just you know doing every little day to do little little things that help you get the most that you can out of the blessed month of Ramadan, and may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Uh, make this upcoming Ramadan a blessing for us. May he accept our fastings and good deeds. And may Allah SWT allow us to live up to this Ramadan and numerous Ramadans uh, move, moving forward, inshallah ta'ala. So inshallah. with that, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up our final meal for, for season one. Um, may Allah reward all of you with good, those who stuck with us uh, and um, joined us at the at the dinner table, whether through video or, or audio. Um, if you if anyone watching wants to learn more about uh, both this and other Embrace programs, do visit our, our website. And if you have any ideas on how we can further improve this uh, this podcast or other types of 
topics or hadith you think we should we should cover. Um, you know, you can reach out to us via our website, Facebook, YouTube, whichever, you know, pick your social media poison. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, just thank you to everyone who who stuck with us and, and joined for us our first season, inshallah ta'ala. Mm-hmm. With that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Allahumma subhanaka wa bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa ant astaghfiraka wa tubi ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Inshallah ta'ala, we'll see you all at the next uh, dinner date. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Embrace conducts daily Ramadan programming such as Quran Rush, virtual iftars, and conversations Ramadan edition. With Embrace, no convert has to spend their Ramadan alone, so get the most out of your Ramadan experience this year by joining your Embrace family. For more information, check out our website at www.embracereverts.org.